The title of the message this morning, and it'll probably make more sense as we, as we go along, but uh, the title is One Anothering One Another. One Anothering One Another. And I apologize that I don't have PowerPoint. Kurt and I talked about that, and uh, I don't do PowerPoint. I don't do much in terms of computer, and yet uh, my daughter says, oh, Dad, I can help you with that. I can do that in 10 minutes, she said. And, but... Uh, as I prayed about the message, I was going in a different direction and felt like God wanted me to go in this direction. And so just trying to get everything together, uh, doing PowerPoint was one more thing that I didn't feel like I could do and do well. So um, you have some blank sheets, I think, to take notes if you'd like to. Um, Proverbs twelve twenty five says, Anxiety in a man's heart weighs him down. But a good word makes him glad. 1 Thessalonians 5.18 says, Therefore encourage one another and build one another up just as you are doing. Seems to me after 17 years with Peoria Rescue Ministries, but just living life, that there's a heart cry in people's lives today. As old as the book of Job, Job says, Miserable comforters are you all, talking about his friends. As poignant as the anguish of the psalmist in Psalm 142. The psalm writer says, I look on my right hand and see, for there is no one who acknowledges me. There is no one who acknowledges me. Refuge has failed me. No one cares for my soul. And then I remember a poem that I got from a teenager uh, years ago. And she says this, I'm walking along the last cold mile. Right now it seems too hard to smile. All I had before is lost. Too many mistakes with a wail of a cost. Hopes and dreams have all been broken. Every lie was a promise spoken. Someone help me, pull me through. I just don't know what to believe is true. I need a hand to guide my way. Alone, I can't live another day. And if the truth were known this morning, there are probably some of us right here in this room that are desperate and that are craving for some kind, some word, some expression of comfort and of encouragement. Um, Somebody said that encouragement is oxygen to the soul. Celeste Holmes says, encouragement, we live by it and we die without it. Slowly, lonely, sadly, and angrily. If you, if you think about this thing called encouragement, we're going to talk about that today. Encouragement is the most neglected, the most needed, the most powerful, the most important gift that we can give somebody else. Encouragement. And yet, if you think about it, encouragement is one of the easiest gifts that, that we all can do, that we all can do. And so we're going to look at a passage this morning from a a fellow sufferer 
who needed encouragement, who received encouragement, and who gave encouragement. So turn, turn if you will, to 2 Corinthians, uh, written by Paul, 2 Corinthians, and we're going to read verses 1 through 5, <clears throat> and particularly focus on verses uh, 3 onward. So 2 Corinthians. I, I neglected to ask Kurt what translation you use, so I have the, um, the English Standard Version, and I hope that's uh, okay. Paul, an apostle of Christ Jesus by the will of God, and Timothy, our brother, to the church of God that is in Corinth, with all the saints who are in the whole of Acacia, grace to you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of mercies and the God of all comfort, who comforts us in all of our afflictions so that we may be able to comfort those who are in any affliction with the same comfort with which we ourselves are comforted by God. For as we share abundantly in Christ's suffering, so through Christ we share abundantly in comfort, too. If we are afflicted, it is for your comfort and salvation. And if we are comforted, it is for your comfort, which you experience when you patiently endure the same sufferings that we suffer. Our hope for you is unshaken, for we know that as you share in our sufferings, you will also share in our comfort. A little bit, a little bit of background in Second Corinthians Acts 18 says that Paul founded the church in Corinth, and then he stayed there and ministered about a year and a half. And 1 Corinthians 4.17 says there were problems that arose in the city of Corinth. And if you've done any Bible study at all, you know Corinth was a pretty raw community. Problems of immorality and divisions and false prophets. And, and so Paul sent Timothy to Corinth to try to, try to resolve the problems and uh, later he wrote 1 Corinthians. But in 2 Corinthians, we find that the problems persisted, and Paul made a painful trip to Corinth. He confronted the issues, but there was still no resolution, and so he sent a letter, a severe letter, we think by uh, Titus, and, uh, and then in 2 Corinthians 7, 5, Paul uh, says that he was so anxious about the reaction to his letter, but after he heard from Titus about their repentance and their acceptance of Paul, uh, he was encouraged. He was encouraged. This word encouragement in 2 Corinthians, the, the word comfort or consolation is used 18 times as a verb. Encouragement is used 11 times as a noun. These verses that we just read, some 10 or 11 times, this word encouragement or comfort is used. In, in the New Testament, uh, the word comfort or encouragement is the Greek word parakaleo. And I don't know much Greek, so I'm not trying to impress you. But, but para means um, beside, and kaleo means to call uh, or summon. So an encourager is someone who, who is called alongside of you 
to strengthen you, to build you up, to help, to exhort, uh, to motivate and inspire. So oftentimes, and particularly this morning with the verses that we're going to look at, when the passage uses the word comfort, it's the same word as the word encouragement. The root there is parakaleo. So we're going to focus on, on three things this morning that Paul tells us about encouragement. Three things. First of all, God is the author of encouragement. Look at verse 3. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of mercies and the God of all comfort. He's the author. He's the originator. He's the source. He's the fountainhead of all encouragement. Whatever encouragement you may need today, God is the source of it, and it's ultimately going to come from him. Now, Paul was no stranger to suffering, to pain, to trouble. In fact, especially in 2 Corinthians, if you look throughout the book, there are one, two, three, four, five, there are at least six places where Paul talks about his extreme suffering. And so if we were to ask the one who experienced the most suffering, what the secret is to encouragement, Paul would say, in a word, the secret to encouragement is God. The secret to encouragement is God. Well, why God? Because look at Paul's description. He is the father of mercies, and he's the God. He's the author. He's the originator of all comfort. So, so let's stop there for a minute. If somebody came up to you and asked you to describe God, asked you to describe God, how long would it take you before you describe God as an encourager, as a comforter, as a helper, if I can even use this word, as your biggest cheerleader? Because that's who God is. It's, it's his name. It's his nature. It's how he wants to reveal himself. Encouragement is a priority with God. So we find, as we look at the Godhead, as we look at the Trinity, God the Father is an encourager. 2 Corinthians 1.3, he's the Father of mercies and the God of all comfort. God the Son, the Lord Jesus, is an encourager. 2 Thessalonians 2 says, Now may our Lord Jesus Christ himself and our God and Father, who has loved us and given us everlasting encouragement and good hope by grace. God the Father is an encourager. God the Son is an encourager. God the Holy Spirit is an encourager. John chapter 14 Verse 16, and I will pray the Father, and he will give you another helper, parakaleo, another comforter, another encourager, that he may abide with you. So the question this morning is not do we have a problem, but do we have a God? And do we see God as having the priority of encouraging and comforting and strengthening you. God is the author of encouragement. Secondly, we are the receivers of encouragement. Let's pick it up in verse 3. 
Blessed be the Father, blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of mercies and the God of all comfort, who comforts us in all our afflictions. Let's just stop right there. God's the author of encouragement, and we are the receivers of encouragement. Well, how do we receive encouragement? I I just kind of pondered that as I studied this. How do we receive encouragement? Well, in the context here, let's move down to verse 8. Paul says, For we do not want you to be unaware, brothers, of the affliction we experienced in Asia. For we were so utterly burdened beyond our strength that we despaired of life itself. Indeed, we felt that we had received the sentence of death. But that was to make us rely not on ourselves, but on God who raises the dead. He delivered us from such a deadly peril, and he will deliver us. On him we have set our hope that he will deliver us again. First of all, we receive encouragement by looking to God and trusting in him in the midst of our trial. Uh, leaning on him. I like, I like that thought. Um, picture with me in 1 Samuel chapter 30. It's the story of David, and David has left the city of Ziklag, and he's taken his soldiers, and he's gone out after the enemy. And uh, after many days, they came home, and as they're approaching Ziklag, where their wives and their children are, as they approach the city, that the smoke is just billowing out of the city, and the city is on fire. And so David and his men get back to Ziklag, and all the buildings or the tents are burning, and the wives and the children are gone. And they are so discouraged. First Samuel 30 says that David's men even talked about stoning him to death. And so imagine how discouraged and defeated and down David was. What, what did David do? When he was so discouraged. 1 Samuel chapter 30, verse 8. But David strengthened himself in his God. Don't you love that? David encouraged himself in seeking God. Or how about Moses? Moses, I love Hebrews eleven twenty-seven, for it says, And Moses endured seeing him who is invisible. Moses looked to God for his encouragement. Or how about Hannah? Hannah, you know, was, was uh, barren. She could not have children. And 1 Samuel 1.10 says that she was in bitterness of soul, and she prayed to the Lord and wept in anguish. And then verse 18 says, Then she went her way after talking with uh, Um, with Eli, and nothing seemed to happen in Hannah's circumstances that had changed, but everything within Hannah had changed. Hannah had no explanation from God, but Hannah had an encounter with God. When discouraged, how do we receive encouragement? We look to the Lord. We rely on him. We trust in him, trusting God. And then, secondly, we receive encouragement through the support from other people. Let's continue on. First, um, 
verse, 12, verse 11. You also must help us by prayer so that many will give thanks on our behalf for the blessing granted us through the prayers of many. We receive encouragement not only by looking to God and trusting him, but secondly, by looking to others and receiving from them. The truth is most of us simply underestimate the influence that we have in each other's lives. Um, 1 Samuel 23, David was being hunted by Saul day after day. And King Saul, you know, was going to kill him. David was called to be the king, but Saul was hunting him down, trying to kill him. And David was literally running for his life. And, and there were some really dark, discouraging days when he was away from the temple and away from the family and running for his life from cave to cave. And, and he was in desperate need of some encouragement. And, and what happened to David? In 1 Samuel 23, verse 16, listen to this verse. And Jonathan, King Saul's son, David's friend, and Jonathan strengthened David's hand in God and encouraged him concerning the future. David received encouragement from somebody else. Moses received encouragement from Jethro. David received encouragement from Jonathan. Mephibosheth received encouragement from David. Nehemiah received encouragement from the king. Naomi received encouragement from Ruth. Ruth received encouragement from Boaz. Esther received encouragement from Mordecai. Samuel received encouragement from Eli. Paul received encouragement from Barnabas. Timothy received encouragement from Paul. So the question for us this morning is, who are you receiving encouragement from? Who are you receiving encouragement from? This whole thing of retirement, uh, if you're there, you know a little bit of what, what I mean. If you're not, uh, I'll share a little bit, but... Um, I was really, really involved in ministry until God clearly showed me that my season was over. And uh, so I retired July 1st of last year. And the change of pace was incredible. I mean, I was going with adrenaline pumping and going here and doing, doing that and, and ministering to people. And all of a sudden, it, it all came to a, a, a screeching halt. And it's been a... An interesting six months to try to just adjust to the pace. And just this week, I just was really feeling discouraged. Um, and uh, they, I, I got a text from a friend at Peoria Rescue Ministries that the, uh, the treasurer there was retiring, and they invited me to a pizza party. And so I went over on Thursday to a pizza party, and it was so encouraging just to receive encouragement from somebody else. You know, a lot of times encouragement isn't something we can just manufacture or, or receive within ourselves. We need encouragement from God, and we need encouragement from each other. 
Even the Lord Jesus, if you think about this, when he was going to Gethsemane and, and sweating drops of blood, as it were, and depressed and agonizing about, about going to the cross and about God turning his back on him, what did Jesus do? Jesus took Peter, James, and John with him and told him to stay over here and to pray with him. And he went a little further and knelt down and began to pray. But isn't it interesting that even the Lord Jesus needed the support and the presence and the encouragement of his three closest friends during his most critical hour. We receive encouragement by trusting God. We receive encouragement by uh, getting support from others. We also receive encouragement from God's word, from God's word. Turn back just a few pages. Uh, We're in 2 Corinthians. Turn back to Romans chapter 15. I want you to just see a verse, Romans 15, verse 4. Uh, Paul says this, uh, Romans 15, 4, for what Whatever was written in former days was written for our instruction, that through endurance and through the encouragement of the scriptures, we might have hope. One of God's primary means of encouragement is his word. It's his word. If we had the time, I I, I would love to share with you just timely words from God in those moments when I needed encouragement the most. I'll I'll just share one real quickly. I went back to school at 49 years old. I went back to work on my master's degree in counseling. I I have a bachelor's degree from Illinois State, and at 49 years old, I, I felt God calling me into Christian counseling, but I was 49 years old, and I didn't have a master's degree. And so I went to Lincoln Christian Seminary and, and uh, started classes there. And as, as things were going along, my wife and I were paying the tuition and everything was fine until partway through school, we ran out of money. And I didn't understand that. It, 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 it uh, took me into a real tailspin because I, I said, God, I thought you called me to go back to school. And God's call always means God's provision. And yet here I was, partway through school, and no money. And so I, I sought the Lord and, and uh, looked for scholarships and did whatever I could just to see how God might provide and, and did not register for classes for the next semester um, because I didn't have any money. And at 50 years old, I was not going to go into debt by getting a master's degree, master's degree is $20,000, and I just wasn't going to go into debt to get a master's degree, believing that, God, you are as well able to provide it as I need it than after I use it. And so I, I didn't register, and I waited on God, and God raised up a friend. Uh, he was on our board at uh, one of my previous ministries, and uh, he was retired and uh, had a ministry of helping seminary students. And he came forward and offered to pay my tuition for the rest of my seminary training. And uh, 
in that time of waiting on God, though, God gave me a verse, Psalm 138, verse 8. And this is the verse that I, I clung to even before Jim came forward to, to help me. And the verse says this, The Lord will perfect that which concerns you. Another translation says, the Lord will work out his plans for your life. And what an encouragement that was to me in the midst of the uncertainty and in the midst of not knowing what was going to happen, God planted that verse that was so encouraging. The Lord will perfect that which concerns you. And he did. The psalm writer says, Psalm 119, verse 92, he says, Unless your word had been my delight, I would then have perished in my affliction. God's word is a source of encouragement. Psalm 119, 165, the psalmist says, Great peace have those who love thy word, and nothing causes them to stumble. I think in the midst of difficulty and discouragement and feeling down, I don't know whether what we need is a word of explanation. I think it might be a fresh word of revelation from God. God taking his word and encouraging me um, through it. I could talk to you about a lot of verses that God has has put on my heart, and you could as well. Psalm 94, verse 19 says, In the multitude of my anxieties within me, it's it's your comforts, your encouragements that delight my soul. 2 Timothy 1.7 is a verse that I'm sure you're familiar with, but I've used a lot, that says, God has not given you the spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. Psalm 55, 22, Cast thy burden on the Lord, and he will sustain you. He will never permit the righteous to be moved. Matthew eleven twenty eight, Come unto me, all you that labor and are heavy laden, And I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn of me. For I am meek and lowly of heart and you will find rest for your soul. Or even this one. Psalm 73 verses 25 and 26. When feeling lonely and and down. Whom have I in heaven but you? And there is no one on earth that I desire besides you. My flesh may fail and my heart may grow weary, but you are the strength of my heart and my portion forever. I don't know about you, but when, when I'm down and discouraged and defeated or uncertain about what God's saying or what God's doing in my life, I need a fresh word from him that's going to speak to my heart. And as I wait on him, He oftentimes provides it. God is the author of encouragement. He's the originator of it. We are the receivers of encouragement from 
trusting God, to uh, uh, being encouraged by, by others and through his word. And then finally, the church is the giver of encouragement. Let's pick this up again, 2 Corinthians, back to uh, our passage. <clears throat> Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of mercy and the God of all comfort, who comforts us in all our afflictions so that we may be able to comfort those who are in any affliction with the same comfort with which we ourselves are comforted by God. God gives, um, God's the author of encouragement, we are the receivers of encouragement, and we are meant to be the givers of encouragement so that God comforts me so that I can comfort others. We, the church, so that I can comfort others with the same comfort that I myself have experienced. Turn back, if you will, to Hebrews. I want you to see a verse there that you're probably familiar with, but uh, Hebrews chapter 10, verses 24 and 25. <clears throat> Hebrews 10, 24 says, And let us consider how to stir up one another to love and good works, not neglecting to meeting together, as is the habit of some, but encouraging one another, and all the more as you see the day drawing close. God is the author of encouragement. We are the receivers of encouragement. And the church is meant to be the giver of encouragement. Um, let me close, if I can, with this story. Um, it's one of the best stories of encouragement that, uh, I mean, I just like this story. So let, let me share it with you. Um, a little boy, so, so get the picture. A little boy is sitting at his desk in the second grade classroom when, when suddenly he's aware of a puddle between his feet and that the front of his pants are wet. He, he could not imagine how this happened. It, it never happened before. The poor little guy was so embarrassed that he just wanted to shrivel up and die. He was sure that when the second grade guys found out about his problem that he would never hear the end of it and that the girls in class would probably never speak to him again. Please, please, dear God, he prayed, I'm in big trouble. I need help. I need a God with skin on. He looked up from his prayer and, and he saw a classmate, Susie, uh, carrying a great big gold fish bowl filled with water. And suddenly, when she got in front of his desk, she lost her grip on that bowl and dumped the whole fish bowl of water into this little boy's lap. The boy pretended to be angry, but he was praying, Oh, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Now, instead of him being the object of ridicule, the boy receives sympathy. 
The teacher rushed him downstairs and gave him gym shorts to put on while his pants dried. All the children were on their hands and knees cleaning up the mess. But now poor Susie was considered the klutz. She tried to help, but they told her just to get out of the way, angry at her for doing such a dumb thing and dumping that water on this little boy. So it went for the rest of the day. He was surrounded by sympathy, while poor Susie was shunned and shamed. After school, the two of them, the little boy and Susie, were waiting for the bus, and Susie was standing off by herself, and the little boy walked up to her, and he whispered, You did that on purpose, didn't you? Susie whispered back, Yeah, she says, one time I wet my pants, too. That little boy, in that desperate, discouraging moment, needed a God with skin on that could encourage him. And Susie put skin on God and um, saved the day. We are like that little boy. Sometimes, sometimes when everything is going against us and we're down and we're discouraged and we're defeated and we're lonely and, and uh, uh, we need a God with skin on. And so as we think about this whole thing of encouragement and needing a God with skin on, it, it just dawned on me last night after I had the message done How how do we do, as the church, how do we do this thing called encouragement? And God reminded me that he's given us very specific ways to encourage each other. And the way is one anothering. And and so this is your homework today, if if it's okay for me to give you homework. But I would like you to go home today or sometime this week, and I would like you to Google or look up the one anothering verses in Scripture because there are at least 59 verses that talk about how we are to one another each other. We're to encourage one another. We're to pray for one another. We're to serve one another. We're to love one another. And that's God's recipe for the church to give encouragement. One pastor said this. I thought this was interesting. He said, the primary activity of the early church was one anothering one another. I like that. The early church, it was small, and they had everything in common, and their primary activity was one anothering, practicing these one another verses. How might our relationships with each other change? How might our families be different? How might our church be different? How, how might the way the world sees you and I as Christians, how might that be different? 
maybe instead of them being skeptical of what we believe, they would become envious of how we one another, how we treat each other. So I'd like you to do that this week. I'd like you to ponder and I'd like you to begin to practice some of those one anothering verses. Take one verse this week and put it into practice. You know, Jesus literally was God with skin on, fully divine, fully human, except sin. And he showed us and he told us this. As much as I have loved you, so you must love one another. John 13, 34. And then hours after he gave his new love-like-me commandment, Jesus put on a demonstration of love that takes our breath away, and it took his breath away too on the cross. One anothering one another. God is the author of encouragement. We are the receivers of encouragement. And we are the givers. The church is the giver of encouragement. Father, oh, how we need this message because each of us this morning can identify with those moments. And maybe some of us right here this morning where, where we are weighed down by the things that are coming at us, even like this little boy, and we just cry out for a word, for an act of encouragement. And so I pray, God, uh, I thank you that you're the author uh, of encouragement. Thank you that um, because of that, we can receive encouragement, and because of receiving encouragement, we can give encouragement. I can't think of anything more important and more powerful than that. Thank you for this reminder from you and from your word this morning. In Jesus' name, amen.